Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. It's time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 332 of the Wayne's Comics Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. This week is the return of two favorites here at Wayne's Comics Podcast. It starts out with John Santana, the creator of Jaded, a more realistic take on superheroes, which I really enjoy. He's got a Kickstarter coming this week, so be sure to go to Kickstarter and look for Jaded. It's the collected edition, number six, which I'm breathlessly awaiting, so it's going to be good stuff. He also brings us up to date on other parts of the Santana universe, things I think you're going to enjoy. Then everything wraps up with the return of Sam Johnson, creator of Geek Girl, among other great things. He's got a brand new issue of Geek Girl out right now. And there are other good things in the Geek Girl universe, or the Sam Johnson universe, as you may want to call it, that are happening that he updates us on. I'm sure you're going to enjoy what both of them have to say. So let's get started. It's always great to talk with John Santana, the creator of such good things as Jaded and Everhounds and Wordsmith, among other good things. Of course, there's Be Jaded, which is uh, sort of a fun take on Jaded. So how you doing, John? I'm doing good, Wayne. How you been? Good. It's good to talk with you. Why don't you update us on where things are? I think Jaded, I got number five, which I really enjoyed, by the way. And I wanted to go over and, and talk with you as to where things stand with that, because my understanding, you've got a, either a Kickstarter going on now or it should be coming. How's that going? Yeah, so our, our Kickstarter is going to launch next week. Uh, the goal is Friday, which I believe is the 8th. Uh, that's when we want to launch our Kickstarter. Okay. Uh, and that is for the collected edition for all six issues and one hardcover 
uh, I decided instead of releasing issue six, uh, I would hold on to it so I could uh, so that the fans who follow Jaded would have the opportunity to have the whole collection in, in one place. Especially since it's been difficult to get physical copies of my book. Mm-hmm. Either have to uh, read it on Comixology or catch me at a convention. And sometimes because I travel around, I don't travel to the same places, and some of those fans I haven't had a chance to connect again with. Okay, all so, right. So this will give me the opportunity to, to have the whole story in one place, mm-hmm. and um, after it's kickstarted, the next step is to pitch it to uh, other publishers. So uh, I'll look at some other uh, options for publishing mm-hmm. uh, before I go ahead and, and publish it through Iron Age. Okay, now before we get too far into it, why don't you give people an explanation of what Jaded is about? Sure. Uh, Jaded is, um, I like to, to boil it down to like Breaking Bad for superheroes, mm. uh, conceptually, at least not story-wise. But, and that is just, uh, you have your, your typical everyday superheroes who are living their lives, doing their thing, and then in each one of their lives, something jarring happens in their personal lives to sort of take them far off track, and they sort of fall deeper and deeper into the rabbit hole. Uh, so to speak, and just explore a much darker option in their careers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, who are the characters in there? Why don't you talk about them? Uh, sure. Um, so the unique thing about Jaded is it, it starts off sort of like an anthology. So even though the first issue introduces uh, the story arc for the series, so you have the main, uh, the, the first character, uh, Adam Sovereign, uh, is coming back from a planet that he has seemingly just wiped out, destroyed. Um, we're, the the powers that be, the federal uh, government, is worried about what's going to happen when he comes back. So that's sort of the backdrop to the story. Mm-hmm. But the reason it's an anthology is because that issue is really just about him and how uh, how different he is in personality from when he was young and just working the, the streets of Metro City. And then something terrible happens in his life that changes his perspective and then we go to the present where he's on his way back and kind of destroying things on his way uh, back to the earth so then the second issue uh in the anthology vein is kid prodigy who's like a a young sort of rambunctious hero who's just come into his powers because of his uh genius level iq uh he he put some tech together and was able to uh fight some supervillains and he gets in over his head and something terrible happens. And then he, he too, explores a dark path in, in sort of a revenge story mm-hmm. uh, that's there for him. Mm-hmm. So then the third issue features Grady uh, and his father, Tempo. They're sort of like a duo, but the, the story really focuses on Grady because um, he starts off sort of as a happy-go-lucky uh, teenager who's just come into the super team. His father is his teammate and kind of coaching him. And then, again, something ha- terrible happens to his family. And so he has gone to extremes in order to rectify that situation. And then the fourth issue, or the last one that's anthology style, is Etheria, uh, who's my favorite character. Etheria is, starts off as a young, impressionable, sort of uh, gentle soul. Uh, her power is that she can face through walls. She's sort of like a ghost. She can turn invisible. Mm-hmm. And um, there are triggers in her life uh, that should be good, like a marriage and a relationship with a man, but it sort of triggers this this situation that she remembers from her childhood, and she decides to handle that horrible thing that happened to her in her childhood right now, and uh, does it with some power and finality. I remember that. So, 
Yeah. So then um, issues five and six take us back to that original concept of Adam's coming back. What do we do? While the remainder of the heroes are actually incarcerated. You, you realize that in issue one. Mm-hmm. Um, so issue five uh, begins with they are still incarcerated and they're working on how they're going to uh, react when Adam comes back. It's sort of a mystery. We don't know whether all of them or any of them are on his side mm-hmm. or if they just plan t- uh, to do like an every man for himself sort of mm-hmm. escape plan. One so of them, that's where we are. Yeah, one yeah. of them is accused of having a, or some kind of relationship with him. That's true. Yeah. And that's so uh, I don't want to reveal that, but there's there's some stuff going on. So you're right. We don't know how things are go going to hit. And of course, at the very the cover even said he's back on it. So we have to you know we have to realize that. But there's another character that's involved in there too. And I think when we get to issue six, we'll find out more about that person. Okay. Yes. But, but uh, I think that there's a lot going on in this in this series. It's a lot of fun to read something a little different. It's a superhero genre. It's, as I talk with you about it, you kind of look at a more realistic take on superheroes. Yeah, I'd like to think so. Um, and, and saying that, I mean, you have to take it with a grain of salt. We're still talking about superpowers. Mm-hmm. We're still talking about like amazing feats of strength that no human could ever have. But um, the, I think the reason it's a realistic take it's because well, well, what would happen? in real life if somebody had this uh, level of power and how would that affect I think most importantly in my story relationships mm-hmm. uh, relationships uh, to each of the characters individually and then relationships amongst the characters who used to be a team um, how would it affect those relationships and I like to really focus on that Etheria is the issue that, that, that grabbed me the most because she, it starts out where she's having trouble sleeping and she keeps waking up like underground because she turns immaterial, and then when she wakes up, she's not on her bed; she's down in the ground. Right. Which is and and at any moment, if she doesn't, if she hadn't woken up, uh, she may perish from lack of oxygen. So she's got to climb her way out. And it doesn't happen every night, but uh, it happens when she has nightmares, mm-hmm. and it, it's a it's a problem for her. And that's a that's a really, I think it's a really interesting story mm-hmm. because. Her, her husband is trying to help her in that situation. She sees it as trying to hold her back. Yeah. yeah. So we talked about this once before, that just because he thinks he's doing the right thing doesn't mean that she thinks he's doing the right thing. Exactly. Which is very relationship, the way t- relationships go today. And I was just, I remember sitting there watching that and thinking, but he's right, but he's right. And she's, you know, then I began to realize that I wasn't looking from her perspective. I was looking from the husband's. And that gives you a very unique thing. You have to sit and think about what's going on here. That's one of the things I like about Jaded very much is that it's a thinking book. It's one, There's lots going on, but that doesn't mean it's just a visual. It's not a video game. So when you get to actually get into the story and start to understand what's happening, you really have to think about it and examine what's going on really closely. And I, I like that in a book that I read. So I, I like Jaded a lot. I'm glad. You know, I think I think when you first start the series... Uh, one of the downsides for me that I think uh, I'm experiencing is people don't get it up front. They don't understand what's going on because I don't sort of feed it to you. I don't explain it to you up front. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm sort of playing the long game and taking that gamble and hoping that if you stay for the, for the, for the whole ride, mm-hmm. you'll see that I'm going to start referring back to those issues or those incidents and some of the stuff is going to start tying together. Even in, in issue five, um, you start to – uh, more begins to be revealed and unraveled in issue five, mm-hmm. uh, even though not every question is answered. A lot more are answered, I think. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is going to be something. It's you, know, you talked about five. Five is out. You you sent paper copies to those people who supported you through Kickstarter, and gosh, I got one of those, which I really appreciated. And number six, where does number six stand? Because that's the conclusion to the story. And I'm trying to see that. I'm trying to see where you're going to go with this. It is uh, where we stand now. Is um the the issue is written. The artists are working on the book right now as we speak, uh, so that by the time the Kickstarter is done, we will be ready to ship everything to everyone, including all the rewards, uh, no later than September. So there will be some rewards depending on what tier you you, uh, purchase. Some rewards will be ready sooner. Like let's say you you choose to select issues one through five. We can get those out to you sooner because those have already been completed. But um, issue number six and the hardcover itself won't be ready till September. Do you know when the Kickstarter is going to end? Yes, my my plan is July eighth. If we start on July eighth in June, and I'm I'm pretty sure we're going to make that. We're we've got just about everything in play for the the Kickstarter page itself. Mm-hmm. I'm just waiting on a couple of things from the artists, and we should be good to go. I'm very excited, by the way. Mm-hmm. First of all, to have the whole thing collected, to finish it, to see uh, you know everything come together. It's just been a, a whirlwind and a lot of fun. No, you've been working on this for a couple of years, though, haven't you? I mean, this, this story has been in your head, and I've seen—I saw you at C2E2, is where I first met you. And yeah, so it's, yeah, it's, it's been a while. Yeah, so I mean, it yeah. must feel like crazy to to realize that the end is in sight here. I mean, that all this time it's been something you've been working on and making happen, and kind of hoping people would get into as as we go along. But now, when the you know you, you see the conclusion coming, I mean, how does that feel to have that finally you know in your uh, in your sights? It, it feels bittersweet because I'm going to finally accomplish what I've been uh, trying to accomplish this whole time. For six years, I've been working on this project, um, not including the time spent away uh, deployed in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it needs to come to an end, and I'm looking forward to that. And I, I can't wait to see it finished. Um, I will miss the characters. Uh, as a matter of fact, I will miss them so much. That um, I've been in discussions with a, another comic book writer who writes independent books, and uh, she's going to pick up a spinoff. Uh, the writer's name is Mina Elwell, mm-hmm. and she's uh, she's done some work for Scout Comics. She did a book called uh, Infernoct. Really? Okay. And uh, that's a really cool uh, mystery horror genre type of book. Mm-hmm. It's another one where um, – and, and this is the reason I, I wanted to work with her. Mm-hmm. Her story uh, and the way she writes uh, doesn't um, doesn't hand feed the reader. Mm-hmm. It, it's one of those books that you have to go back and read again. And some people like the way they like their movies. They don't want to have to take time to digest. They want it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the way I like to read comics and watch movies is I like to go back and say, wait a second. You just gave me an idea of what you showed me earlier in the movie or in the comic book, mm-hmm. and now I have to go back and read that again and then have a whole new experience. And that's what um, Infernoct is like, and that's why I decided to bring her on board uh, for the spinoff of Jaded. Because, okay. um, wow. Yeah, it's, so. Well, I, of course, I, I know some folks at Scout Comics, and I just wondered, are you going to approach them about Jaded? Uh, yeah, that's the plan. I'm going to submit it to a couple of companies, and they're mm-hmm. on the list. Okay, great. Uh, for the collected edition, yes. Because they like to do things that have a different perspective to them, you know, very different kinds of storytelling than, say, other companies do. You know, not like DC and Marvel. They, they want to go the standard route, but uh, they tend not to go that route. So I Yeah, I like their books. I definitely yeah. do. Might be good. You probably are familiar with Stabity Bunny because that's one that uh, I help with. 
Oh yes, yeah. I, love, I love Stabity Buddy. Yeah, that's a great one. It's it's one of those ones. It's, it's what they call their breakout hit of this year. And maybe if they get around, get to your book, it might be another one of those breakout hits that'll hit. I'd love to see it. Yeah, that'd be great. I, I hope so. I really do. See, I, I I remember we have talked before that uh, Diamond has not been as helpful as they might be for your comic, which drives me crazy because they, they weren't as helpful as they could have been with Stabity Bunny, too, until it got picked up by Scout. So right. it would be neat if the same you know end game would help both the books. and make Yeah, them, I think they just don't want to... They don't want to deal with yet another publisher. I think, you know, I, I don't really know what goes on behind the scenes. All I know is yeah. it's frustrating. Yeah. And uh, I think if they, they feel like, if, all right, well, if you go through another publisher, then, then we'll take a look at it. See, they say that they don't want to have any more superhero books because they got so many of them from DC and Marvel. But that's baloney in my mind. I think that yeah. you know, Jaded is a one of those books I think that would stand out in a superhero market. So I, I'm really hopeful you can get it in there. I'd love to see it in Diamond someday under a known publisher. That'd be wonderful. I, I, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of me finding who. Um, so, after Diamond turned me down in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, the only company I tried is Image, and that's kind of the big shots yes. uh, for independent publishing. Yep. So I held on to it. I decided, hey, I know this is going to take me longer than is standard because I'm full-time military, mm-hmm. so let me take my time, do it right, mm-hmm. and then when it's collected, go back with a finished product. And That's what we're doing. Okay, okay, because that's a good thing. I mean, that's what happened with Stabity Bunny. I don't want to belabor the point, but the, the truth of the matter was is that Richard put together six issues and had a collected version and gave... And it wasn't the collective version he gave him. He gave him the individual issues, but he had six issues ready. And that kind of helps because sometimes publishers want to be ahead of the game. They don't want you to be struggling to get the next book out. If you've right. already got them printed and ready to go, all they got to do is give them the files and they can print, which not everybody does, unfortunately. But I think I'd love to see yours out with them. I'd like That would be a great place. Of course, there are other companies, too. I mean, uh, there's a bunch of ones. I'm sure you've, you know what would make good fits for Jaded, and uh, we won't talk about that here. That's something that you want to do behind the scenes. To get it going, and so something happens, then you know you guys can put out a release and and get it going. So I'm, I'm fascinated though. You were talking about a second series by a different creator. Are you going to be like co-creating? Are you going to look at the scripts and give her input? How's that going to work? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna provide edits to that series. So yes, I'll be uh, I'll be involved in the story, um, and I'll be involved in the editing process. Mm-hmm. But um, she's going to take the writing chores for. The Etheria spinoff. Mm. Um, she was she read through Jaded and she just fell in love with the character. Mm-hmm. And even though it's my favorite character, I thought, you know, um, I would love to see this told from a female perspective mm. because I I love the character mm-hmm. and 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 I can't help being a male, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I, I gave her a a tough kind of. Um, backstory mm-hmm. and i gave her a, a tough situation to be in so i'd love to see what a what a young female uh writer could do with that um there's so many possibilities for that character mm. and i have many ideas and, and stories but uh she does too oh, wow. so i think we'll be we'll be a good team on this and she will do uh all of the scripting and all the writing chores mm-hmm. i'll just be editing and, and providing story feedback so you might be the Stan Lee of Iron Age Productions, maybe. Well, I, I'll take that. I'll take it, even <laughs> though I write everything so far. Yeah. Uh, that won't be for long. Oh, and you know, um, speaking of uh, another writer, so I also have uh, another writer. Uh, she's she's undiscovered, 
Mm-hmm. Um, her name is Nikki Cerullo, mm-hmm. and she's going to be writing a backup story, an eight-page backup story that's going to be exclusive to the Kickstarter version of this hardcover only. Wow. So you'll only be able to get the eight-page backup, and it'll be a, a little bit of backstory between Sovereign and Turk. Hmm. Wow, so that'll be interesting that'll to see. That'll be a nice reveal, and I was very excited when she came to me with the idea that she had mm-hmm. – um, so I'm I'm very psyched to see how that's going to look. So you're not necessarily married to you being the creator of this stuff, because some creators, they want to be, the, uh, we're the only ones that touch these characters. But it sounds like you're open to letting other people play in your sandbox. I am, uh, and there's, there's a really selfish reason. Okay. The selfish reason is, um, since I can't duplicate myself and make all the stories that I could if there were more John Santanas, mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to see, I want to read more jaded stories. I want to read more than I can possibly put out. So mm. if I, if I hire a, and, and find some other really great talent to do it, then I get to read more jaded stories with those mm. characters. Cool. And cool. I think part of the draw is that it wouldn't be written by me. I think that's for me personally, that's part mm. of the intrigue. Uh, oh, let's see what this person does and how they take this character. Now I will retain, um, you know, the editing capacity mm-hmm. for every book that Iron Age puts out um, with Jaded. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I wouldn't hire somebody without talent, and I, I just can't wait to see what they can do. Okay, because it sounds interesting, because you can provide a little perspective as to, you know, how that fits into your vision or how it doesn't fit in your vision. I imagine that sometimes you'd like to see them go places that you might not necessarily want to have gone in the first place. That might be fine. Absolutely, and... um I, I do love the characters, and, and I'm a little trepidatious, but mm-hmm. it's it's that good kind of fear. It's that kind of fear that keeps you on the edge and keeps you uh, innovating, mm-hmm. and I think that's important. So how are we going to keep up with that when that starts, starts to come out? Are you going to do it through your website? I mean, they have their own you know social media and stuff like that, too. Are they well, going to be? To be honest with you, mm-hmm. without revealing too much of my ma- master evil plan, okay. um, once, I, once I publish jaded as a collected edition mm-hmm. with a publisher mm-hmm. or if the publisher decides they're going to you know publish them one off mm-hmm. it's going to be depending on the contract that, that we come up with either way um I, I would pitch the spin-offs to that publisher okay okay um, it may not be that, the same publisher it, it may or may not okay. but with jaded having been published and that character already been established mm-hmm. um i i think i'll have a better chance publishing spin-offs of jaded than i did to begin with okay that sounds good. It sounds like you've got a good idea as, as to where to go with this, which I, I really like. I So many times I run into great books, and I just sort of fade into the ether, and I always hate to see that happen. And I would hate for that to happen with Jaded as well, because Jaded is one of those great stories that I think is, is I think would grab people who are particularly interested in superheroes. I think that would be wonderful. Oh, yeah, I, I'm glad you do. Hey, I have a question for you. Sure. Uh, one of the reasons I always come back to your podcast, Wayne, mm-hmm. is I really uh, – enjoy the takes that you have on on the books that i write um without going into spoiler territory Mm -hmm. what can you tell me about how you felt about jd number five number five is a perfect setup for the final issue you know you did that wonderful thing at the there's things at the end that really are dynamic and have me wondering what you're going to do when things move forward because you know the characters are you're right in that the interactions we're not exactly sure Who's allied with who? And that's kind of funny because, you know, the Justice League, everybody, you know, if they're in the Justice League, they're with each other. But in this case, I don't know that. And it's interesting to go a place I haven't been before with a team book. 
to not know what they're going to do when everything hits the ground finally. And I like that. I, I like not knowing. You know, I've been out superhero books for decades, honestly. And to go somewhere where I haven't gone before, I have to tell you, is real invigorating. I really love that. I'm just, I, I can't wait to see what's going to happen in number six. I'm just dying to see it. Well, what what necessitates Jaded being a complete volume, one through six, mm-hmm. is the way I built that story in that you don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. until the end. Mm-hmm. That's That would be the problem with a sequel to Jaded because mm-hmm. all of that has now been revealed, hopefully in a way that is very satisfying to the reader. Mm-hmm. Um, and But once that happens, that how could I pull that off again without coming up with a gimmick? And I think that that would be cheapening the product. Mm-hmm. So once once you get that final story, mm-hmm. um, the only subsequent stories I think would have to be individual character based, mm-hmm. taking one character on an adventure because um, recreating um, the mystery mm-hmm. is going to seem false from mm-hmm. here on out. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's how I feel. Uh-huh. Well, so I have, I have to say yeah. the only one I know is going to survive right now, based on the real world, is the fact that we know there's going to be an Etheria spinoff. Of course, that might be a prequel. But it I, could I, be because I do I do time jump when yeah, yeah, I, these I, comics I, do jump back and forth through time. So, so you wait, can't I say a, that. I have a better chance that a theory is going to survive. Say, <laughs> okay, you can say that. Which you is good. I have, but I love the characters. I, you know, I I, I hope they don't all die. I'd rather they survive <laughs> and go on to other places. But you never know. I mean, you you you've come up with real creative things with uh, the characters about where they are and what they're doing and how they're going to move forward. So I, I I don't know what you're going to do. See, like I said. I don't know, and I, I like not knowing. I really Can do. I ask? Were you were you surprised at the very end? Yes. Good. I was shocked, and so I am very. Again, there's nothing better than surprising me, so that I'm really interested in the next issue, and that's what I felt. So I I think it's going to be a really fun ride. I can't wait for number six. Yeah, that was one of those endings where I I was pacing, waiting for the pages to come in. Mm-hmm. Like I can't wait to see these pages. When are they coming? <laughs> Hurry up. And Jamar, I think, knocked it out of the park. Yep. How did you think about his his pencils this time around? Really good. I thought they were really strong. Yeah. They did a beautiful job it. of portraying. You know, there's there's, two, there's a balance in comic uh, artwork. It's got to have char- the character, like expressions and stuff like that, and also action. And I thought both of those were well done in this issue. Yeah. And boy, does he have a strength in character expressions. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really can emote with his pencils. Mm-hmm. And that's important for telling oh, yeah. the story, I think. See, otherwise it's a video game. I mean, if we don't care about these people, it doesn't make a difference to us. I mean, you know, I, I'm not a video game guy. I, I don't mind it once in a while, but to me, if I don't care about the characters, there's no point in reading it. So I want yeah, that. I, I feel the same way. Yeah, so I think, you're, you know, Jada's doing a great job. I cannot wait. Number six. So uh, any estimation as to when number six will show up? Uh, well, like I said, the Kickstarter will be the first time anybody can get both number six and the collected hardcover edition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that'll be shipping out in September, September of this year. So just in time for the holidays. Perfect just timing. in time for the holidays. Yeah. And, um, you know, un- unfor- you know, not foreseeing any crazy situations with family or anything getting in the way. Um, I've, I've already tried to make some adjustments for that. But, you know, it's possible it could get delayed a little bit, but we're already so deep into it mm-hmm. um, that I don't see it happening any later than September. We should be really, really solid on that 
a month Very to good. deliver. Okay. Well, you know, if it's a little late, that's fine with me. I don't. I some things are worth the wait, and I think that uh, jaded is one of those things that I'll be happy to wait for, as long as it comes to us done well and and something we can really hold and save, you know, for as long as we can. Because I I just love that book. I think it's great. So uh, yeah, I'm glad you do. I, I appreciate it. Now, let's talk about your other stuff. You've got some other projects. Give us some updates as to how they're coming on, because Jaded, of course, takes a lot of your time. But what about, like, Everhounds? So Everhounds, uh, I'm ready to announce, and this will be the first time I officially put it out, and it'll be on your podcast. Hmm. But uh, Everhounds is being picked up by Alterna. Oh, really? Yeah, Alterna is going to put out Everhounds in 2019. We don't have a release date yet because mm-hmm. they want all four issues to be complete. Uh-huh. And we are just wrapping issue two right now. Uh-huh. So, um, But it will be put out in 2019. And as soon as I have a date that I can release, uh, I will let you know. But I'm very excited to work with Alterna. I really love what they do, how they've brought uh, comics back to the old style uh, newsprint paper mm-hmm. and feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really like um, uh, publisher Peter Samedi's take on uh how to tackle the industry you know he's really doing some avant-garde stuff i'm not sure how familiar you are with alterna yeah, yeah but he's going direct to certain retailers uh circumventing diamond when he can mm-hmm. uh his books are in barnes noble right now mm-hmm. where he, in the same two barnes nobles that i went to there's alterna books mm-hmm. there's some archie books and there's no marvel and dc hmm. comics on the shelf wow uh, and I'm not talking about uh, yeah I'm not talking about novels uh, graphic novels and hardcovers I'm talking about the newsstand right I so it's a it's a newsstand feel uh, and he's he's actually engaging newsstands just the way comics used to be and I think that's such a cool idea mm-hmm. uh, to take things back to the roots that uh, I, I'm glad to be on board cool cool well it's going to be good because they do a lot of, of different kinds of storytelling as well. So I think that's good. I think that Everhounds will be fun there. It'll be good, good to hold that. Because, you know, they were in Toys R Us until Toys R Us went under. under. And yeah, it's sad that that, that happened. Bad. But they, you know, that was one way they could reach out to people. I, uh, you know, I'm glad they're in Barnes & Nobles. I, I, there's got to be other stories they can get into as well. Like oh, I'm sure. P- Peter's the man with a plan. I trust him. He's pretty good. Now, let's talk about your other book, Wordsmith, which I really liked. when I, I read a, uh, an issue of that. How is Wordsmith doing? Wordsmith is on hold um, until I finish Jaded. Now that I'm finished Jaded, I can go back to working on two books simultaneously, and that'll be Everhounds and Wordsmith. Okay, okay. So um, the other issue with Wordsmith uh, is that the artist is the colorer, the colorist, excuse me, Mm -hmm. who's also the colorist on Everhounds and Jaded. So he's already doing a lot of work. Um, And once we relieve him of Jaded, he can get back on full art chores for Wordsmith. Very and that's cool. Bunny Passick. Very good, very good. Now, that's a very different kind of story. In fact, you didn't describe Everhounds. Why don't we talk briefly about what Everhounds is and then what Wordsmith is? Okay, cool. Well, Everhounds is uh, the title, or the subtitle for Everhounds is Anyone, Anywhere, Anywhen. So they're intergalactic bounty hunters who travel through uh, other dimensions to catch bounties for people. Uh, they can find anyone, mm-hmm. and they're willing to uh, get them uh, as long as they get paid in in recompense. Okay. Now it, it goes beyond just money. There, I mean, you, the mystery the mystery will be revealed why they're doing what they're doing. And um, on the surface, they're bounty hunters for money, but they're actually looking for a very particular someone. 
Um, and that's why they take the jobs that they take because they feel like they're going to get closer to that someone that they're looking for. <laughs> Is that a miniseries ongoing? How's that go? So that's that. It has to be a miniseries okay. because that's the deal I worked out with um, Alterna. Alterna. Okay. And nowadays, everything has to start in a miniseries for independent books. It's very rare that a book gets to just go unlimited off the bat. So, yes, the first volume will be published in four issues, but that is a story that I have way more than four issues to tell. Mm-hmm. So um, there, that could potentially be an ongoing series for dozens of, of volumes oh, cool. if, uh, if we could get it that far. I have so many stories to tell with that. <laughs> All right, Wordsmith. What about Wordsmith? So Wordsmith is about a, uh, a kid who is just the world's worst poet. He's just terrible, mm-hmm. and he can't hold down a job, mm-hmm. and uh, he's got to worry about where his next meal is coming from. And then he discovers that the poetry that he writes down in his dreams, the poetry that he doesn't use because he thinks he's so smart and he thinks his poetry is better, uh, when he does decide to use it in the right place in the right time, magic happens. Mm. Explosive, dangerous magic happens. Mm. So he begins to take note and reverse engineer a spellbook mm-hmm. based on what he's seen and experienced from the poetry that comes specifically to him in his dreams. So he will have no oversight. He will not have a mentor. He will not have a coach. Mm -hmm. He will be a young man running rampant in New York city, trying out dangerous spells that come to him in his dreams. Mm -hmm. And a whole lot of destruction is possible. Uh, and I'm going to have a whole lot of fun writing the, uh, the circumstances that he's going to get himself into. Mm-hmm. Now, we're going to wrap up with Bejaded. Um, the la- latest one I see is number 33, and it says on the website is that uh, Kid Prodigy, Grady, Etheria, and Sovereign's dreams have come true. They're fighting alongside the Avengers. Yes. Talk about that. That was so much, that was so much fun to do. Um, so, are we on 34? I think we might be on 34, oh, and uh, you just reminded me that I may not have posted it to... Okay. Uh, Oh, no, you're right. 33. Yeah. You're right. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So um, in honor of um, my favorite just movie franchise, Marvel movies, mm-hmm. uh, I decided that the jaded characters who also happen to love Marvel movies <laughs> would find their way into a Marvel movie <laughs> and experience it with the Marvel superheroes. Um, but uh, spoiler alert for those who haven't seen Infinity War, you know, cover years now, but I'm pretty sure there's not too many people listening to podcasts who haven't, haven't watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this last issue of Bejaded, they're having a great time fighting alongside the Avengers, and then the end of Infinity War happens, and oh. they are dying to get out of that movie. <laughs> okay, I, I have to say, I was at a, uh, I was at MegaCon uh, this past weekend, and there was a guy going around. He had a T-shirt, and he had a, a vacuum cleaner that he was carrying around. Oh, and it no. said it was the Thanos, the Thanos cleaning crew. It said on there. It made me laugh. Oh, that's terrible. That made me kind of laugh. So I thought that was kind of funny. So, well, that's, that's good. Other other things that you're working on. I mean, you know, being full time military. And thank you so much for your service, by the way. Um, other stuff that you're doing that we should know about. Uh, well, I don't know how. I, I think I'm crazy, but I'm also writing a novel. Oh, wow. Um, it's a youth novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started it for my son while I was in Afghanistan mm-hmm. uh, way back in 2012, 2013. And uh, it's my passion project. Um, it, this is the, the, I believe it's the best thing I've ever written. Mm-hmm. And I won't release that until I'm good and ready. Um, it was really sort of a, 
a way to help my son get through the separation anxiety he was feeling for my deployment. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew leaving that he was going through separation anxiety because all the training leading up to it, he was having a hard time in school and everything. And, uh, uh, he was behaving completely differently, so I knew that he was having trouble. So I'd send him a chapter uh, every every month or so, whenever I can put a chapter together with whatever free time I had mm-hmm. while I was deployed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just fell in love with the story. And it's simply about this kid whose dad leaves for Afghanistan, just like my son. Mm-hmm. But his dad leaves him a, a magical fa- family heirloom and tells him, whatever you do, protect this with your life. It's got to be protected by the bloodline, but don't, under any circumstances, open the box. And, of course, the kid opens the box. Of course. And then he goes on this magical adventure, and his goal is to get back in time for his father's return from Afghanistan so he can see his dad when he comes back and not miss any more time than he has to miss. And that was important for me uh, emotionally and personally because I wanted that boy to understand how much I didn't want to be away from him, just like he didn't want me to be away from him either. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to show him, hey, I'm trying to work my way back to you as well. Mm-hmm. And I understand that you can't wait for me to come back. I can't wait for it either. Mm-hmm. So, so gonna, that's my little that's my little story for my okay. son. Are you going to deploy again? Or are you are you pretty much done with that now? I I don't know. You know, it's definitely possible. There's mm-hmm. a unit that I that I just transferred out of, mm-hmm. who all of a sudden they're getting deployed. Um, so it's very possible that they could say, hey, I know you just left Santana, but uh, we could really use you and yeah, you know, yeah. I'd have to go. That's the trick. You just don't know. I mean, you're there to be at their beck and call. Basically, yeah. what's going on. Yeah. But, and uh, you know what? I, I, I enjoy serving my country. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, it hasn't all been easy. I, I definitely can't say that. Mm-hmm. There's been some tough times, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I've, I've served with pride. It's mm-hmm. been. This is 19 years now, mm-hmm. wow. and um, I really, I feel like I've been able to make a difference in my capacity as an officer, wow. specifically for enlisted troops because I used to be an enlisted troop, mm-hmm. and uh, I like to look out for them and do my best to make sure that they're taken care of. Wow, that's terrific. I mean, you, you should do a comic about that someday. That would be kind of fun. I think yeah. once I'm away from it, mm-hmm. I'll have the better perspective. Okay, okay. And I think I, I think I have to. I think, yeah. you know. Wow. Before I go, I, I'm going to have to tell a story about my, my time in the service. Yeah. I, and strictly through allegory. I would never do anything direct. No. Um, it would never be about you know a soldier in my specific situation. Yeah. It will probably be, who knows, about aliens or something. But it will be about that. There's still something that always intrigues me about military folks who are very creative. Because you know, some of us who are not necessarily in the military look at it and we kind of go like, you know, because it, it's kind of repetitive. You know, you learn how to perform certain functions and then you do it. It's not like there's lots of creativity involved in it, at least from our perspective. But the thing that gets me is, is like Philip uh, Kennedy Johnson and you and I know several other people who are in the military or who at least have been in the military who are very creative and have lots of like you've got stories to tell. I just find that so fascinating and, and so interesting. It just makes me want to read your stories all the more. Well, you you got to think on your feet when you're in the military. You you have to be creative. And whether whether or not you can turn that into storytelling might be a different story. But I, I will tell you that a lot of military leaders uh, are forced to be creative. You've got to come up with some, come up with some outside-of-the-box thinking to get out of uh, certain situations and to make sure that you're taking care of everybody uh, in situations where it doesn't seem like that's possible. So, um, yeah, the profession lends itself to creativity, just not in the way it would be expected. I right. Don't think. 
Well, isn't that amazing? Well, I, I can't wait to see how you get us out of Jaded. That's going to be really interesting to see before long how you get work out that whole situation and bring all of us with you out of that. It's going to be great fun. And the other books all, it's all sound really good to me, and I just can't wait to read them. So, you know, John, I wish you much success and much safety if you have to go back for any amount of time. But uh, hopefully we'll get to read your stuff and we'll get to enjoy it. Now, some of this stuff is available on Comixology, right? That's right. Jaded, for now, is the only one that's available on Comixology. Okay. One through four. Five starting. Oh, you just reminded me. No, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Look at that. Talk about a segue. Tomorrow at, uh, who, I don't know when Comicsology launches. Is it midnight? Uh, so like tomorrow, Jada number five will be available. And it'll be the, uh, the updated version. I was able to make one more tweak to the first page. So that'll be available on uh, Comicsology. And it wasn't in print for the first print. So that first print is going to be extremely unique. It's going to have a different first page. <laughs> Now that's the thirtieth. It's it's coming out on the thirtieth on Comicsology. So, yeah, well, you know, it's gonna this this podcast will post on the third oh. of June. So I want to make sure <laughs> people don't think it's coming out on Monday, but it's actually <laughs> coming out on the thirtieth. Anyway, right now when you listen to this podcast, you can go to Comicsology and get issues one through five, and I highly recommend them. By the way, do not miss them out, and then support the the uh, uh, Kickstarter as well because you're going to really enjoy. I, I mean, I want the hardcover the collected version on my shelf because I, this is something I want to keep. It's one of those great superhero stories you want to save. And and, and that Kickstarter version is going to be chock full of exclusives. It's going to have a run of bejaded uh, printed comic strips, which will be the first time bejaded is in print ever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be in the back. Uh, we're going to have uh, alternate covers. Uh, um, we're going to have that eight-page backup story with uh, Dr. Turkin and Adam Sovereign, Mm -hmm. which is going to fill in a critical piece of backstory for Adam Sovereign. So please um, support the Kickstarter. Check it out at least. Um, Mm -hmm. Any donation will help, and uh, it'll go a long way to you know, helping this independent comic creator continue doing what he loves. Now, did I misspeak? Is there going to be a hardcover version you can get, or is it going to be softcover? Hardcover. Hardcover. Okay, so we can get a hardcover. Oh, boy. that's what I, I want a hardcover for this one, so I'm looking forward to that. Well, John, you're doing wonderful stuff. I cannot wait to read more of your stuff as it goes forward. I'm looking forward to stories that you kind of uh, you sh- you move forward without necessarily writing every word. So I'm thinking those are going to be fun to read, too, because you're going to have inspired other writers to pick up the mantle and do stuff. So I think those are going to be great things. So, man, keep it up. I, I can't wait to see these good things. And much success with the Kickstarter. Oh, thanks so much, Wayne. I appreciate your support, as always. need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne as a man from flesh and blood I can be ignored I can be destroyed but as a symbol get the latest from the comics universe news interviews previews and reviews listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast so you can keep reading your comics always great to talk with Sam Johnson, the creator of Geek Girl, who has some news and new things going on. How are you doing today, Sam? I'm all right, Wayne. How are you? Good, good. Talk about what's going on with Geek Girl right now. It's early June when this comes out, and what's going on in the Geek Girl universe? So, yeah, new Geek Girl 1 is out. Uh, following the events of the first 
mini-series, which to, to recap entailed hot popular college chick Ruby K landing a pair of super tech glasses that gave us super strength and super flight powers, but there's a glitch in their programming uh, that's also mess with her head and the initial effect of this was making her super klutzy causing her to knock drinks over her too cool for school click when she was trying to show off her powers to them alienating them with the exception of summer her, her bff who's into the whole superhero thing has kind of pushed ruby away in a way to to become a superhero even to the degree of de- designing her costume for her and uh, then Ruby K stepped up, took on this big uh, gun supervillain lightning storm. He was trashing their town, taking out points of authority and hospitalized the big gun superheroine of the city, Neon Girl. Uh, and Ruby and uh, lightning storm kind of faced off and both ended up on the floor. When We weren't quite sure whether they were alive or dead at the end of that. Which mm-hmm. brings us to the new number one. Now, is this the, also a miniseries? This is number one of four or something like that? That's correct, yeah. And there's a, there's a free uh, digital comic that, uh, that kind of sets it up that you can get at uh, geekgirlcomics.com, which is Geek Girl Whatever Happened to Ruby Cat. Okay, which is good. And, of course, uh, as we start out the, the, the new miniseries, we've got, the name of the book is called There's a New Geek in Town. And yes. we probably need to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, well, I think uh, we're, we're hopefully past the point uh, where we need to be careful of spoilers now. Uh, when the free digital comic came out, um, I, I was had, had to be very careful about what I was saying. But uh, if you don't want any spoilers from that are revealed in that i would stop listening now get that read it and then come back because <laughs> what's happening what is which is what gets revealed at the end of the free digital comic is ruby is in a coma and summer uh the aforementioned summer her best friend has stepped up has taken on the glasses and as we enter the new geek girl one she's uh Zooming in on, flying down towards a, 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 a mugger who's running off with a purse. And like Ruby, she experiences teething problems with these powers. When she tries to fly down and, and knock him into a wall, she smashes him through the window of a hardware store, causing expensive damage mm. uh, that she can't afford to uh, to pay. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting because I, it's a real change to have her in the costume, isn't it? As opposed to Ruby K. I mean, isn't that something different? Uh, yeah, yeah. And as I say, when when the free digital comic initially came out, I was having to talk around that because hopefully it's it's not something people saw coming. Uh, now, mm. just to be clear, though, this is not summer james is not now permanently geek girl this is summer as her intention is to fill in for ruby she feels kind of responsible for you know her getting well put in a coma Mm -hmm. uh and uh yeah she's she's just there to sort of hold the fort and uh you know and, and um you know just 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 take care of business while ruby's out of action is is her intention but uh whereas ruby had a kind of a baptism of fire and learned hard and fast and and got good at this whole superhero thing summer is uh somewhat more ropey 
at it, as as indicated by the, the being a, a, the issue uh, that I mentioned, and then she gets tangled with this uh, this guy, the cad, whose power is to mess with uh, girls' heads, and uh, and that don't go too well either. <laughs> I'm really fascinated because she's the one that likes superhero stuff, and yet as I as you talk about it, we get a sense that she's not as good at it as Ruby K is. No, I mean, you know, it's it's one thing to, to like superheroes, but that doesn't necessarily mean you should dress up as Batman and go out fighting crime. Uh, so, yeah, um, you know, Summer is, is, is quite athletic and so forth. But the the other thing is, though, as, as Ruby experienced, getting a handle on the... the, the because this, the glasses have this chip that goes into the... affects the brain, and that's how the powers work. But also, there's this glitch in them. So Summer is, is finding it quite difficult to, uh, to sort of manage uh, the powers. It's not quite... Uh, it's a little different from, like, you know you superman um there's things going on that the you the user of the glasses is is not necessarily entirely aware of and and you may notice as well those of of us that are familiar from for summer from summer in the first miniseries uh she's she seems to be acting differently while she's wearing these glasses mm. interesting because uh in the first issue we get to see her and of course she's interacting with uh, uh, Pitbull. Yes, Pitbull, the jock superhero, has taken her under his wing, uh, and the the intention is um, that you know he'll train her up, and then they'll they'll be able to go and fight crime separately because crime is quite undermanned uh, where they live in Maine at the moment after the, the damage that Lightning Storm has, has done, including taking out two police stations. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the intention, but it, it does seem like, uh, yeah, she's she's not such a natural fit as what uh, Rue K was. So funny because, you know, it, it, you would think that somebody who likes the, the that kind of life and that kind of thing going on would be better at it because they understand more what's going on but it's just so interesting that that's not the case with her i find that just fascinating yeah it's 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 it is an interesting thing i think you know she she is really lovable in the role she she really wants to you know she's you know she's doing this to to help ruby out and she really wants to do it and i think i think people will 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 really warm to to her in the role um but she she is having a tough time and it's and it it's not going to get easier from her after issue one. It's uh, well, there's a thing coming in issue two where she's really, really going to be up against it. Mm. Mm. And I still think that somebody who at least likes it and probably has read comics and understands all the what villains do and things like that might be easier for her. But to find out that it's not, that's kind of a, that's, that's something I didn't expect. Yeah, well, you know, maybe the, there's there's a lesson there for fanboys. Maybe you shouldn't go out fighting crime because <laughs> uh, you might get your ass handed to you. Because some people do that. You know, I keep reading stories like like it's a kick-ass kind of thing. People yeah. put a costume on and they go out and they start to, to battle evil, supposedly. And, you know, they end up in hospitals and stuff just like uh, Ruby K did. And yeah. I, I, you're basically saying to people, maybe you ought to rethink it before you go out and get a costume and start to go out there and try to fight people 
Well, just, I mean, the fact is, if you, if you put a costume on, that doesn't suddenly make you indestructible. As I say, Batman, dressing up as Batman is a good example because, you know, Batman is not Superman. He's not super powered, but Batman is Batman. You putting on a Batman costume does not make you Batman. As, as we witnessed in that uh, Batman film where George Clooney put on a Batman costume and was just George Clooney in a Batman costume. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I, I, I keep reading stories about that and it's just baffles me how people want to go out there and take on criminals who might have guns and things like that. I mean, how do you possibly think you're going to startle them or something like that or get some well, sort of shock? I mean, you, you, you're, you're fantasizing, you know? I mean, that's, that's what it is. It's, it's fantasy. Um, and the, I think the, the, the psychology of it is if you dress up as a superhero, you're a superhero. Whereas if they were to just as themselves, as, a, as an ordinary person, go and put themselves in that situation, I don't imagine that they would expect to, to fare well. Mm-hmm. That's what Batman did when he first, if you watched, there was a, a, a Batman the Animated Series movie in which he was just, he just put on a, a a mask or like a hood and then he, he went out and tried to fight crime and they just didn't care. They came and kept coming at him. It was when he put on the costume that, that it kind of scared the yeah. villains. Um, yeah, so but again, yeah. you know, that's, that's Batman. That's right. Batman. <laughs> yep, yep, I'm, I'm Batman, yeah. Exactly. Now, let's talk about... I do say that. Yeah, let's talk about uh, Ruby K, because we see her, although we don't, you know, she doesn't really interact in what's going on. She's in the hospital room, and her friends come to visit her, and talk about that. I mean, that, that's kind of interesting, because, you know, I, when she started got clumsy and, and kind of put some of them against her, it seemed like, now that she's actually saved the city, they like her now? Yeah, well, this is, I mean, the, the high concept of, of Geek Girl is, is Mean Girls meets superheroes. And yes, when when uh, Ruby originally got these glasses that gave her these powers and she was trying to show them off to her friends, uh, it, it just alienated them. They weren't buying the whole powers thing. And, and whenever she tried to, to demonstrate it, she just kind of made a fool of herself. So the, the thing with the Ruby K Geek Girl thing is she was this hot, popular college girl and she became kind of uncool in, in the eyes of her clique as, as geek girl. However, now she's saved the frickin' city from Lightning Storm, and that was, you know, it's been on TV. People know that Ruby K is geek girl. She's now, you know, pretty cool. So these girls... Uh, they like to be part of what's popular, mm-hmm. so that we find them at her side, uh, talking to her while she's in a coma. And uh, Stacy, who's the the one that kind of uh, was involved in getting Ruby K the glasses in the first place on on a drunken whim when Ruby decided she wanted them. Uh, Trevor Goldstein, the college brainiac who'd invented them, him and his mate uh, Jeff uh, were drunk and, and they kind of took advantage of them and got them more drunk and got them to play a game of strip poker where the glasses were at stake, which is how Ruby landed them. Uh, so Stacy is, is having previously distanced herself, is kind of trying to remind Ruby of, of you know, uh, she was a part of the, the origin of Geek Girl. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, they're, they're kind of trying to uh, get back in with her. But uh, still, Still, all, all the time being basic bitches, uh, can't help one of them making a, a joke about Ruby being like a vegetable. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, not the nicest people. And um, But then uh, we, we also get to see um, Mariella, who was uh, the waitress mm-hmm. uh, that Trevor Goldstein was actually created the glasses to try and 
become a superhero in order to try and impress her. Um, she's become friends with Ruby uh, due to Ruby getting involved with a, a problem she had in the first miniseries. And she comes uh, comes to the hospital to visit her and, and the Ruby's click make her feel about as welcome as a bucket of sick. Mm, why is that? I mean, why are they treating Is it because they, they, they want to like own her in that sense that it's their she's their friend and not this other girl's yeah that's part of it they look down their nose at her they're privileged college chicks she's having to she's a wait you know she's a waitress and they their daddy wouldn't you know have them waiting tables um so there's there's that thing and there's also that you know they're her her friends from some time ago apart from the little glitch where they hated her uh well not hated her but you know distance herself from her and and uh so Mariella's only just recently come on the scene so they you know they're looking at uh, ruby as kind of a in some ways a, a valuable commodity that mm. they've earned the right to have in their lives whereas Mariella has has known her for a very short time so they don't think uh, she deserves to be part of that uh, scene and poor old ruby k has nothing to say about this apparently. no it's, no she's it's a bit <laughs> tricky for ruby while she's in a coma <laughs> you'd think that they would be kind of all you know well if you're a superhero you don't really own them but of course they don't understand that they don't get that she's she's something that they hope to can make them even more popular so they're gonna they're gonna try to make sure that nobody else muscles in on that yeah yeah um absolutely and and we'll see as well that the 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 kind of arch bitch of the clique who really was quite mean to ruby uh when you know she kind of made a full herself with the powers she's not at the hospital so we've yet to see where she stands mm. on it of course if she's not there that kind of gives us some indication as to how she feels it it gives it gives us potentially some indication yeah. but um we've got to read very kind of think she's better than everyone mm -hmm. so whereas the others may sort of feel the need to sort of be there maybe she thinks she's doesn't need to she's Karen, Karen carpenter who is who is just great and why wouldn't you want to be friends with her so she's competition now ruby k is for this girl well, well, as I say, it's it's yet to be seen because okay. Karen doesn't factor into the first issue. It's yet okay. to be seen where things stand with her. But there's definitely going to be a, a thing running through this series cool. where the, the girls are, are really looking to turn around things with Ruby having been so horrible to her. Uh, I always like the way that you portray these characters as very alive like like as if you know these people you didn't base these people on anybody that you knew did you are, are these from your imagination how'd you do it but thankfully <laughs> in terms of ruby's click thankfully not based on anyone i know no it's it is it's kind of yeah you know I, I sort of came up with the high concept of of ruby and and that yeah i mean the, the type of girls she's friends with and not the type of uh people that i associate with as i say thankfully it's all from my imagination but then summer uh, is like her look is is based on a, a friend of mine's, mm. and she has the same sort of uh, morals as my my friend Chris, mm. and uh, so there's there's yeah there's an element of the real world getting in there, but um, yeah 
In terms of the, the, the nasty girls, thankfully not. Because, <laughs> okay. well, what does Chris think about her, the character that uh, resembles her? Oh, yeah, she, lo- she loves it. I mean, how it happened, I, I met Chris uh, online through, I was, I was just like searching for sort of a look for Summer, and her, her look fits. So, uh, though Summer's a lot, a lot younger than Chris, it's, the, the look is, is based on her, so, and she loves it. She has it like as a profile picture. Uh, yeah, she loves it. Speaking of, of Summer, well, there's an interesting sequence where Pitbull is talking with her, and he poses an idea that she hasn't considered, that maybe Ruby K will not come out of the coma, and boy, does that stun her. Uh, talk about that, because you were saying the fact that she uh, that she considers this to be a temporary thing, and when she's yeah. confronted with the, the possibility that she may have to do this for some time, that's that's quite a startle thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the thing the thing with Summer is is as we kind of talked about earlier with the whole you know she's into superheroes, ergo she should be a good superhero. She's she's kind of in a she's not in a fantasy world as such, but it's you know, if you think about, you know, her dad's a big comic geek. She's got like in her college dorm, she's got all superhero posters and stuff. Mm-hmm. So she's quite entrenched in that sort of law. Mm-hmm. So if you think about that kind of law, um, you know, no one dies. Mm-hmm. People, even if they do die, they quote unquote get better. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not even occurred to her that, that Ruby could, you know, maybe not get better so it's quite a sledgehammer when when pitbull suggests that to her yeah pretty yeah pretty amazing yeah she goes and she goes back and talks to the waitress a little bit at some point about it too uh you know about the fact that she she keeps saying yeah i'm sure she'll be fine i'm sure but you're you're not convinced as a reader that she still feels that way no, I mean I like I like to keep things unpredictable with the series. Um so yes, we'll we'll see how all that unfolds. But um as I say, whatever happens, Summer ain't gonna be permanent geek girl, but I think we'll, the readers will hopefully, as I say, really enjoy her in that role. She really, I say she's very lovable in it. Oh heavens, I was just thinking, what if one of the other girls gets a hold of the glasses? Well, something well, something that had occurred to me, which I haven't decided whether or not to do anything with yet, is Karin, the the, the mm-hmm. dreadful human being, getting mm-hmm. hold of them. It could be quite interesting uh, for her to get hold of them, mm-hmm. um, because yeah, I mean there there is a there's a vulnerability here, as you know, as people have pointed out. You know, what if you know? Because you know, as as Ruby ends up in the end of the first mini series, she's knocked out. She actually loses the glasses are knocked off her. Mm-hmm during the fight with mm. lightning storm mm. uh which is partly what makes her vulnerable because she at that point loses her super strength and lightning storms uh powers electrocute her mm. so it's yeah unless unless she was to get them like welded <laughs> to her head or something mm. it's quite a you know it's it's quite a vulnerable toy she's got there wow that's i shudder to think about that girl with the glasses to be honest yeah i i do it's uh yeah yeah i mean something i want to do with with karen is get into this is something i hope to do in in the third uh series is is get into seeing why she is because anyone that's that's read any first series you know she's quite a nasty piece of work uh but there are reasons for that 
Um, and I'm interested in exploring all the characters in, in the Geek Girl universe, which, which is something that uh, I've been af- able to do uh, to some degree in this new first issue because with Ruby being out of commission, it's been, it's been fun to do it. I mean, I'm, I'm proud of the sort of world I've created there and that mm-hmm. we can have, you know, a, an issue that, that, that I'm, I'm really pleased with and that, that holds up, you know, even though the, the titular character is... Mm-hmm. is Unconscious. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's good. The story keeps going on whether she's involved or not. It's like real life. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is the, the thing that we haven't really hit on yet is that the 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 dearth in um, law enforcement as a result of Lightning Storm is is leading to a lot of crime going on, mm-hmm. uh, such as as we start the issue, this this mugger that Summer's chasing, and and things escalate because we've got this bunch of supervillains, uh, the League of Larcenists have come onto the scene to kind of capitalize on the hole in law enforcement. So these guys have got like super tech, they've got blasters, they've got portals, and they're looking to grow in number and become the legion of larcenists. And, you know, Pighead, the the guy with a half a human brain sewed to a half a pig's brain. Mm. Uh, so he's got half a pig's head as well as a, an effect. Uh, he's, uh, he's really looking to become the next big thing with him and his, his legal larcenist and they're recruiting and they want to be, yeah, they want to be big. And he, as he says, Maine ain't going to know. Well, if, if things go the way he intends, at least Maine ain't going to know what's hit it. Mm, see, I, 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 he still is unsettling to me. He's drawn yeah. very well by the artists. And yeah, absolutely. You've got yeah, the absolutely. half head. On one side is a pig head, and on the other side is the human head. Now, fortunately, his mouth is completely available, so he's able to speak. But, yeah. God, when I look at that, I just find that really uh, creepy, unsettling. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you've done a good job in creating a villain that uh, I think is, is going to be somebody I can't forget. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and there's a good uh, there's a good dynamic going on with the the legal licenses because they've they've kind of all got their own uh, motivations and the Terry who who joins up uh, uh, well we 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 see him come into it towards the end of the first issue he's kind of like he's not such a bad guy but he's he's on hard times he's trying to support his wife and kid um, and he's kind of half in half out with the whole thing and and pighead wants everyone to be all in so this causes some some friction mm, mm. Uh, it's just gruesome to look at you know the way that he drew it yeah. is just just particularly amazing so I yeah just... he, he really really hit it there carlos and who's the artist on, on the book by carlos the way? Granda. Yeah. yeah yeah boy i'll tell you it just mm. He's got a hood on for part of it, and then when he pulls the hood off, I suddenly—I remember sitting going like, "Ugh, what's that?" Yeah, <laughs> and it's, again, with it, he speaks in a really sort of dark way as well, because like, is because of the pig brain has affected the way he speaks. Mm. Uh, so he's, he's kind of a, a nasty piece of work, and as I say, Terry is kind of gets off on the wrong foot with him, and uh, and it's pretty hard to come back from that. So that's the first issue, Geek Girl number one. How do people get a hold of Geek Girl number one right now? So uh, geekgirlcomics.com, and you can get it uh, at Comixology. Those are going to be your main places. Indie Planet has it. But, um, yeah, geekgirlcomics.com is the best place to go, and and also that that links to all the the first series, the, the collection, 
uh, Volume 1 Lightning Strikes is is still available at Amazon. So, uh, yeah, that's a good place to go. And as I say as well, if you go there and, and join the mailing list, you'll get the free digital comic, uh, Ruby K, uh, Whatever Happened to Ruby K. And uh, that kind of bring if you if you were looking to jump on board the series with with volume two, that that really brings you right up to speed. Okay, so speaking of volume two, uh, the second book in the series, how far is that along? Because obviously you've got the first one done, which is great, and then uh, people are going to get to enjoy that. When can people look forward to issue number two? What we're doing, because uh, sort of financially, it's it it's, it would put too much of a, a financial strain on me to because I'm like paying the the artist, um, and it would put too much of a financial strain on me to put it out monthly. So we're going sort of, uh, well, the 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 gap between the first issue and the second. So the first issue is out now. The second one comes out July the 11th. So it's you know it's not a bad not a bad gap. And what I'm going to be doing with each issue is in the back page. It will say this is the date that the next one's out, and that won't change because I don't want to, you know, f- I really don't want to be a, anything to do with the old sort of waiting six months syndrome. Uh, so yeah, so it'll be you know it's not not that far from a month between the first and the second, and when you get the second, it'll tell you when the next one's out. Second issue, all the artwork's done, uh, so we're we're way we're way ahead of schedule. We're 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 good, and uh, Carl's has got the time to to work on it, and uh, all the scripts the scripts for all four issues are done. So oh, wow. uh, yeah, and I'm I'm really really pleased with them as well. And we've got a thing coming. Uh, like the, you know, we had uh, how things ended up in in the uh, the first miniseries uh, was well. In fact, there was quite a, a few cliffhangers in it, and we've got a a moment coming that I think will be quite jaw-dropping for the audience hopefully great great so that'll be good are you going to kickstarter by the way because you're talking about money and stuff like that because that's how indie creators often pay for stuff they're doing are you going to do a kickstarter maybe for number two what what I want to do is is like I did with the first one, where I I use the Kickstarter primarily to get like pre-orders on the collection mm-hmm. because the Marcosi are the publisher. I'm you know I'm going to be ordering however many copies myself, and what I decided was a good idea last time round was <clears throat> rather than just pulling out a number of the air, getting pre-orders. So on the Kickstarter, you were able to get the the um, all the first issues. Uh, the first miniseries is individual issues, limited variants and all that. But yeah, that's the way I'm going to be doing that. So that's not going to be until like next year. So okay. uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I want, you know, Kickstarter, uh, I, as I say, I want it to be coming out regularly. Um, you know, I don't want big gaps and I don't think it's de rigueur to sort of go on Kickstarter every month to fund a, a single issue. It's not certainly not how I want to do things. Uh, but it was it was great. The first Kickstarter it was, it was a good experience and it did well. So I certainly will do that for, for the second collection. But that won't be till whenever in 2019. After, after all, four issues will have already been out. Maybe one of the best ways to support you is to buy the book because that gives you money, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've, I've, I've. Uh, it's you know these things aren't cheap to produce, but uh, we're we're getting it done. And I, I can you know we've got the same artist, we've got the same colorist of the first series, Paul McLaren, who is the, the main letter on the first series. The whole the whole team's back on board, and and it you know you can see everyone's into it, and I'm really pleased with it. 
Mm-hmm. It turned out really great. I mean, I I liked I really enjoyed the first miniseries. I also enjoyed the the the, the what free comic book days type book, and the first yeah. book really blew me away too. You've got a lot of real surprises in there. So if people haven't been reading Geek Girl, this might be the best time to jump on board. And you've got a little to catch up on, but not too terribly much. And then you can start to read the the series as it comes out. And I guess the same thing is true. We'll always have be able to go to the website or maybe Comicsology to get them. After from the future, but yeah, yeah, but I mean, this is the new series is designed as a as a good jump on because we have got summer as the stand-in uh, new Geek Girl. So you, when when you're seeing Summer in the Geek Girl costume, that is the first time she's been in the Geek Girl costume, as far as you know, as far as we're concerned. You're not you not missed anything. You you you're right in there with her, and um, yeah, it's it's going to be fun. All right, because it's really great, and you know I highly recommend it. Geek Girl is one of those great books that you get to know the characters and you care what's going to happen to them, and it's a very nicely fast-paced story. So you won't be able to get away from it. I think once you start to read, you're going to want to follow these characters and find out what happens to them, which is really great. Which brings me to your other projects, because you've got other projects in, uh, that you've been working on as long as I've known you. Do you want to update us on your other projects? So uh, the Almighty's, uh, which is the comedy superhero team co-created with me and between myself and Mike Gagno, uh, which is a kind of uh, initially started as like an Avengers parodying kind of thing. Uh, it's very quirky. It's uh, the fam- I, I associate it with Family Guy as a type of humor. Mm-hmm. So we've had two, two issues of that. We've had a zero and we've had a one. And the third one is in the works, which is the DC name parodying Almighty's After birth uh that's that's coming on but it's it's uh everyone involved is is doing other things but it's 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 coming on that'll that'll happen and 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 i'm pleased with it it's good um there's that and then there's carbuccino voodoo junkie hit woman who so far has appeared just in uh and halloween anthology issues of hm comics if x uh now she she appeared regularly in that while that was running. It's, it's no longer going, but um, said four appearances in that if, in, all in Halloween issues. So the intention was to follow that with a mini series, which we have got most of done. Mm-hmm. But I've decided I want to bring her into the Geek Girl universe in the third series. So I'm kind of putting the the mini series on hold so that she can be introduced there first and then the intention will be to have the the mini series coming out at the same sort of time as the third geek girl series when people have been introduced to her and she's a a a, a really exciting character she's she's a bit crazy uh, edgy she's she's an ex crack whore who's mm-hmm. become a supernatural gun fire um, you can still get there's a, 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 a thing that has some preview pages for the miniseries and has a, a, a self-contained Carver story, which in fact features geek girl villain Mr. Mashup. So there's already some sort of crossover. Uh, that's Carbuccini, uh, Voodoo Junkie, Hit One, Dark New Year, which I think you can get on uh, Drive Through Comics. And uh, yeah, so that's if you want to get an introduction to her, that's that's the place to go because I've got a big, uh, big plan for her in the Geek Girl universe. Mm-hmm. Okay, what about teaming up the Almighty's with uh, Cappuccini and Geek Girl? 
Well, the thing with that is the Almighty's is it's a very different feel. Um, it's, you know, it's, as I say, it's, it's much more comical. So I don't know. It's not occurred to me a sort of natural crossover there. However, there is a character in the Almighty's uh, that I am interested in potentially bringing to the third series of Geek Girl, but it would be done in a, in a different style, much as, again, with the sort of crossover element, Whiteout, who was the crazy neo-Nazi uh, that was in the, the first Almighty's book. He features in the the Cabra Mini, uh, but whereas in the Almighty's, he was, you know, kind of a, a, a joke. He's, uh, things are a lot darker and more serious with him in the Cabra. So, yeah, as, the Almighty's is a different book, but, you know, I, I'm interested. Part of what I love about comics is having that, ability to cross things over so if, if you know if the right vehicle uh was to, to the, the idea for the right vehicle was to strike me then i, I certainly wouldn't rule it out i mean i you know I, I really enjoy working on on the almighty's and there's a there's a free thing of that as well in fact if you go to that might be a drive-through comics but certainly if you um go to my blog which should come up easily if you google sam johnson comics there's uh almighty's origins which is a free digital comic so you can check that one out as well very good, very good. Now, i got to ask you, of course, you're a big Deadpool fan, and you want to write Deadpool at some point, if, if that should ever happen. Mm -hmm. Deadpool number two, the movie is out, and I'm sure you've seen it by now. Why don't you tell us what you thought of the film? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, because, I can't believe yeah, it. Yeah, because I've got a, a, a bit of a backlog, because uh, Avengers Infinity War, I'd arranged to see with two friends, mm -hmm. and... One was away, and now the other's away. Oh. So uh, that's getting that's that's the priority. I want to see that first before mm. Deadpool. And also, it's it's another thing where I've arranged it with with friends, and it's not the most uh, easiest things to coordinate. But that's that's okay. I mean, I I'm I'm gonna you know savor that movie, so I'm not in any sort of rush to to get it mm. over and done with. I'm hearing very good things. I'm really really looking forward to it. But yeah, I mean, there's that, and then the, the hand so as well so it's, it's some really great looking films coming out at the moment but we've i've got them in a kind of backed up thing at the moment with uh, infinity war as the first on the list well obviously i haven't but also just to, to mention deadpool though sorry um okay. that's things interesting things going on with that as well because scotty is, that's relaunching with a new number one with scotty young mm -hmm. uh writing and taking it back to the the merc with a mouth uh, roots as in going back to the mercenary business um so i'm interested to see to see what happens there as well which leads to a quick question is for, how do you feel about the new number ones that marvel's putting out i mean including deadpool uh do you think that they're making those smart moves and putting the different characters like dan slot on ff and uh the, the new new writer on deadpool do you do you look forward to that as a as a marvel fan yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, FF. I think they've they've left it the the right amount of time. Um, I've I've really been enjoying the the Marvel two and one book that's obviously going to be setting the FF up. Uh, I liked a lot of Dan Slott's stuff on Spidey, and I, I think he'd be a, a good fit for that. So I'm I'm, I'm really interested to to see that. And um, yeah, Deadpool. You know, things have been very good and and dark and interesting in in the previous run uh 
but it'll be it'll be kind of fun to get back to sort of basics of it um so yeah in terms of those those absolutely all good uh the thor relaunch i'm not keen on the artwork but um Jason Aaron is is great. I mean, I'm really enjoying. Well, he's he's finished the Star Wars books now, but I was I'm behind because of the trades. Yeah, I think it's it's good things. The only the only criticism, if I, if I'm I'm not really criticizing, but you know, Marvel's thing was like they went to Marvel Legacy where they went back to the original numbering and there hasn't been much of a gap between that and oh let's do them all back at number one again mm-hmm. uh, well they're not they're not doing them all back at number one uh, but I, I presume that's a, an editorial decision with um, the the editor in chiefs having recently changed mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm interested how many issues in a run we can take anymore because it used to be you know like like this action just hit a thousand. Mm. And I think that's going to be super rare. I don't think books get past fifty very much anymore before they get renumbered. What's your yeah. feeling about that? Do you do you think that's good for comics? Because it certainly gets the collectors back in. It's. I mean, it, it makes them accessible. I think is is the main thing. I mean, with Geek Girl, the you know it's it's so far it's it's two mini series so it made sense for me to to go back to to a number one uh with the second rather than it being issue five which comes out you know however much time after the first but also because it is something new with summer in the costume so i don't i don't have a problem with with number ones uh but I, I, but I would say, you know, it's good to have a proper justification for it. I think Marvel at some point did go a bit nuts with it, where there was like two, uh, two Squirrel Girl number ones in the space of a year, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, but I don't think it makes a, a great deal of difference. I mean, they're not rebooting, and that's, that's key. You know, the continuity remains. Mm-hmm. Very good, very good. Well, you know, as a big Marvel fan, I know you are. You know, I, you know, if you're all for, I think that's a great sign for Marvel as things go forward. And I hope that someday that uh, Marvel actually gives you a chance to at least do a Deadpool one shot someplace and tell, show them what you'd like to do with the character. I'd love to see that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I the, part of the the thing why I, I previously was was a lot more sort of focused on on that was I felt like the the what the kind of stuff that like recently with all the all the press that's been about Deadpool two, um, Joe Kelly and Ed McGuinness had, had, have been cited as kind of the secondary creators yeah. of Deadpool in that they brought so much to the character, uh, and really a lot of what we see in the character in the movie is is down to what they you know developed. Um, so, I've, what I was what I'm saying is. When I was really hell bent on on writing Deadpool, it was because I it, I wasn't sort of seeing the Deadpool I I knew and loved, but that changed mm. with with I mean with Jerry Duggan uh, and Brian Persane, what they brought to it was was really good and and gave it the depth uh, and uh, you know and I'm interested to see what what Scotty D- Young does with it now. Mm. So so there's two things going on with that number one it's like i you know i, I realized I, at that time i wasn't at the level where i, where I was a, a realistic proposition to be considered yeah. uh but i i'd say part of my motivation was i wanted to do it because i wasn't getting the deadpool I, I i i i knew and loved but 
also I've now, you know, I've got much more into further along with Geek Girl and I'm very involved in that. So I'm, I'm loving what I'm doing. So yeah, I absolutely would like to write Deadpool at some point, but I am perfectly happy uh, doing Geek Girl. Well, I hope Marvel realizes that you have a good story, at least one good story to tell that you could. Oh yeah. To. I, I I I certainly have uh, have ideas for the mer- with a mouth. Mm-hmm. It'd be great. Of course, you you develop the character that's uh, somewhat resembles Deadpool, if I remember correctly. Well, we've got a, a, the Deadpool parodying Wayne Winston in the Almighty's, who I think features in the uh, the Almighty's origin, which I mentioned, and and yeah, he's going to play a bigger role in uh, in the one that's in the works. And and the thing with that is, you know, the character. What's interesting about it is it, the character Deadpool was already a kind of a parody. Mm-hmm. So where do you go with this? And and the answer is we start by going like way way over the top, and then uh, completely flip it where for. <laughs> Uh, reasons that I won't give away mm-hmm. until whenever we, that uh, Almighty's on the horizon, we, we get a, a kind of uh, a Merc without any mouth because uh, <laughs> he's been kind of the the boss of the Almighty's, Joe Cyborg, who, who takes over them after the Almighty's origins as kind of duped Wayne into believing that uh, he, it's very important that he's he's quiet in in uh, when they're in battle situations so that he can give it his full focus rather than being distracted and, and thinking about jokes but the real reason uh, that joe cyborg is is telling him to do that is because joe Fy- cyborg finds him really annoying so we kind of subvert the whole uh deadpool thing with that Cool. And it's it's that's that's going to be fun as well. I mean, everything we've got going on in the the new Almighty's is is fun. Uh, but yeah, the thing with that, as I say, I, I, I you know everyone involved is doing other things. To the people involved in teaching, so it's a difficult one to get done. But we're a good we're a good way through it, and it, and it, it'll happen. Great, great. Well, you're doing a great job with it. If people want to follow you and keep up with your projects, how do they do that? Uh, well, the, as I say, if you Google Sam Johnson Comics, that's a good one to get onto my blog. GeekGirlComics.com should link you to uh, various places. And uh, Twitter, I'm Das Sam Johnson, D A Sam Johnson. Should be pretty easy to find on Facebook if you've got friends that are into comics. I've, it's not unlikely I've got them in my mutual friends, so I just think I'm fairly easy to hunt down very cool well sam keep it up and this is wonderful stuff i highly recommend people at least get in there and give it a good try because it's definitely something that i enjoy and i've been reading for a couple years now and i just really enjoy all the stuff that you do you always surprise me and you always have characters that i really like and i think those are two big important things to accomplish so you're doing a wonderful job sam i hope you keep it up thank you very much wayne And that's it for this week. Be back next time when you'll hear another great interview with another terrific comics creator. But until then, keep reading your comics.
developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.